Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. An Erio's original. I was born with a special gift. The ability to mentally transform any situation into the worst case scenario in my own Brain. My therapist calls my gift catastrophizing. And that's why I'm uniquely qualified to scrutinize and analyze history's greatest disasters and find out who's to blame. They say history repeats itself. Not on my watch. My name is Rebecca Delgado Smith, and I am the alarmist. everyone, thanks for tuning into The Alarmist, a comedy podcast where we talk about history's greatest tragedies and figure out who's to blame. Alarmy, we have some exciting news. Our 100th episode is just around the corner. Today's episode is number 90. Now, for our 100th episode birthday, I'm pretty sure that's how it works, we are asking for a very special gift from The Alarmy. We want to see if we can get to 100 new reviews by our 100th episode. So, Go to Apple Podcasts and rate and review our show. And if you listen elsewhere or internationally, send us a screenshot of your review so that we know to add that to the tally. Better yet, tag us on Instagram. We'll be updating the count on each week's aftermath. And if you have any ideas for a special 100th episode, we're all ears. Now today, we're talking about the assassination of Lincoln. Here's what you need to know. Abraham Lincoln was the 16th president of the United States. Unlike previous presidents and fellow congressmen, Lincoln came from humble beginnings that didn't allow for him to be educated in the finest schools. He was born on February 12, 1809, in a log cabin in rural Kentucky. His parents were illiterate, but the young Lincoln taught himself to read and later became a lawyer after passing the bar without any formal schooling. As president, his signing of the Emancipation Proclamation and leadership during the Civil War would end the practice of slavery in the United States. He was elected for a second term in 1864, and his inauguration took place on March 4, 1865. On April 9th, General Robert E. Lee surrendered the last major Confederate army to Ulysses S. Grant, marking the end of the Civil War. Six days later, Lincoln's assassination stunned the nation and changed the course of our country's history. But let's backtrack to April 11, 1865. A jubilant crowd gathered outside the White House, celebrating the surrendering of the Confederate Army. The energy was palpable, and Lincoln was by many accounts happy. He stood at a window and addressed the masses. We meet this evening not in sorrow, but in gladness of heart. The evacuation of Petersburg and Richmond and the surrender of the principal insurgent army give hope of a righteous and speedy peace whose joyous expression cannot be restrained. In his speech, he outlined plans for peace and reconstruction, and for the first time in a public setting, he expressed support for black suffrage. Listening in the crowd was John Wilkes Booth, a successful actor from Maryland. Booth 
had been an activist for the Confederacy and was a staunch supporter of slavery and white supremacy. Incensed by Lincoln's speech, Booth allegedly remarked to his companion, that is the last speech he will make. April 14, 1865, was a busy day for Lincoln. That morning, he had breakfast with his eldest son, Robert, attended cabinet meetings with General Ulysses S. Grant, who had just returned from his defeat of the South, then went for a carriage ride with his wife, Mary. Mary later told her friends that she had seen her husband so cheerful. Content with the war having come to a close, Lincoln told Mary, we must both be more cheerful in the future. Between the war and the loss of our darling Willie, we have both been very miserable. That evening, the couple was set to attend a performance of the comedy Our American Cousin at Ford's Theater. Though Grant and his wife had canceled plans to join them, and Secretary of War Edwin Stanton had pleaded with the president not to go out to such a public place, the Lincolns were set on catching the performance that night. The play had already started when the president arrived. But the performers and audience paused and cheered when he entered, while the orchestra launched into Hail to the Chief. Lincoln bowed as he settled into his presidential box with his party, which included the First Lady, Major Harry Rathbone, and his fiancée, Clara Harris. Booth, who was a performer at the theater, went unnoticed as he entered the building. Shortly after 10 p.m., he peered inside Lincoln's box through a peephole he drilled earlier that day. Booth quietly snuck inside the box, placing a wooden wedge under the door so that it couldn't be opened from outside. Then, Booth, who was familiar with the play, waited for a particularly funny line, hoping the laughter would drown out the noise of his gun. Well, I guess I know enough to turn you out, old gal. You sockologizing mantra. <laughs> sockologizing. As the audience laughed, Booth drew his pistol and shot Lincoln in the back of the head. The president slumped forward. Booth dropped his pistol and took out a dagger. Just then, Rathbone lunged at him and Booth slashed his arm before leaping from the balcony. His boot got caught in the box's bunting decoration as he fell and he landed poorly, breaking a bone in his leg. Though injured, Booth got up and with an actor's dramatic flair yelled, Seek Semper Tyrannus! Latin for, Thus always to tyrants! On that note, he rushed out the back door of the theater and disappeared into the night on horseback. At first, audience members and actors alike thought the spectacle was some kind of planned performance. It wasn't until they heard screaming coming from the box that they understood something was wrong. A young doctor in the audience, Dr. Charles Leal, immediately rushed upstairs to find that a bullet had entered Lincoln's left ear and had become lodged behind his right eye. He was barely breathing. Lincoln was carried across the street to the Peterson boarding house, where doctors assessed his wounds. Mary was said to have been overcome with grief and became highly distraught as she watched her husband slip away. Though he was still alive, the doctors recognized that their attempts to remove Lincoln's bullet were most likely futile. The next morning, at 7.22 a.m., with his presidential cabinet by his side, Lincoln took his last breath. Secretary Stanton remarked, Now he belongs to the ages. There were at least four conspirators, aside from Booth, involved in the assassination plot. Eleven days later, after an extensive manhunt, Booth was shot and captured while hiding out in a barn near Bowling Green, Virginia. He died from his wound later that same day. On July 7, 1875, four of his conspirators, Lewis Powell, George Atzerott, David Harold, and Mary Surratt, were hanged for their involvement in the murder plot. Fun Facts, a.k.a. Death Stats Lincoln was 56 years old when he was killed. According to History.com, by the 1860s, before the assassination, 26-year-old John Wilkes Booth had become one of the most popular and recognizable stage actors of the day. 
John Wilkes Booth's brother, Edwin Booth, was also one of the most prominent American stage actors of his time. He founded Booth's Theater and the club, The Players, in New York City. At the time, the bounty for the capture of Booth, Harold, and a third accomplice totaled $100,000. According to PBS, many witnesses said that he yelled the Virginia state motto, Six Semper Tyrannis, meaning thus always to tyrants. Some witnesses say that he also declared that the South is avenged. Co-conspirator Mary Surratt was the first woman executed by the American government. After the assassination, Vice President Andrew Johnson, a Democrat who had run on the same ticket as Lincoln, who was a Republican, in a show of unity during the Civil War, became the 17th American president. With us today, we have producer Amanda Lund. Hi, Rebecca. Hi, Alarmy. Fact checker Chris Smith. Four score and hello, Alarmy. Mm. And our very special guest today is uh, my friend, uh, comedian, the great, you know, John Gabris. Hello, John. Uh, I freed what? <laughs> that was an old racist uh, joke that I heard was because uh, Lincoln famously got drunk at McSorley's, the oldest bar in New York City. And they, they said that his quote was he looked up and said, I freed what? <laughs> Wow. It's like, you start, you're starting off with a racist joke. I'm starting off with saying Lincoln was a racist. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, he got around to suffrage after four years. Like, yeah, you know. that's true. It's, you know, it's a, he's a complicated uh, figure. Just like you, Gabrus, what is something that is uh, recently alarming you or keeping you up at night, Gabrus? But the thing that keeps me up at night is the fact that for the last 39 years of my life, almost all my actions that me, my family, my loved ones, my friends all took were in favor of pleasing corporations and making money for someone way higher up the food chain. Every single action I've made my entire life towards my career as an artist has been towards mega corporations making slightly more money. So as we all just enter the fucking capitalism sausage machine to give blood to the fucking factories to run, <laughs> like we're just everything we've do been doing. And this just is activating me. Like you can't, have you can't go to the doctor unless you have a job. You can't get married unless you have a job. You can't uh, collect unemployment. You can't get help. You have to try to get a job. You need a, everything you need in life to survive. Maslow's hierarchy of needs in America. Before you get to anything, it's employment. You're not allowed health care or happiness until employment. And now we tie so much shit. That's practically, and I'm, I'm being dramatic here, but this is fucking serfdom. I have a question. Like, <laughs> I have a question, John. Did you just did you just read Das Kapital or did you just watch The Matrix? Which one just happened? <laughs> I, look, I just tried mushrooms for the first time. <laughs> We got to talk about Lincoln. I want to start off by kind of talking about the fact that this plot to kill Lincoln was way more involved than just killing Lincoln himself, because that night it was meant to be a triple assassination. Whoa. Vice President Andrew Johnson was supposed to be assassinated that night, along with Secretary of State William Seward. So... Booth had asked these other like co-conspirators to help him. Andrew Johnson was not at the theater. So th they had this whole plan. Andrew Johnson was at a, a, a hotel nearby. And there was a guy that was supposed to go assassinate him. But he got drunk at the bar and like ended up just walking around D.C. drunk <laughs> that night. So didn't do Been his there. job. Um <laughs> Okay. You've been on you've been on the hook for an assassination and just gotten hammered at a bar. <laughs> I mean, I, I get it, the stress. <laughs> so then there was another guy, Lewis Powell, and he gets the task of going to assassinate the Secretary of State, Seward. And Seward had been in bed. Powell enters the house and he's like, I got medicine for uh for the Secretary of State. Then he just starts literally stabbing everyone in sight. He eventually, oh, yeah, God. he like stabs the the kids. There were like a, a messenger that was there. He stabs him, a nurse. So he leaves after stabbing like something like six or seven people. There was a guy waiting 
outside with his horse. You know, they, he was one of the conspirators. The getaway. The getaway yeah, rider. yeah. He was. Yeah, he, yeah. he knew the route back to the boarding house that they were all going to meet at, at that night. Lewis Powell, the guy who goes in to kill everyone in the house, doesn't know how to get to the boarding house. But in the commotion, it was just like such a big commotion that the, the getaway guy just runs away. And leaves the horse. <laughs> so should have got Ansel Engort. That's right. So he he gets in his horse and he doesn't know how to gets get to the boarding it. house. He gets in it. <laughs> I know. He climbs in the horse's asshole. That's how they rode horses back then. I don't know. Puts we his don't arms have video. In the front legs of the horse. Puts his legs in the back legs of the horse. We don't have actual operating. footage of how people used to ride horses, so anything could happen. So uh, it was one of those two-person horse costumes. Actually, that was the getaway car. <laughs> you guys, this guy roams around Washington D.C. not knowing where to go. This is the craziest part. He managed to kill none of them he stabbed six to seven people in that house and none of them died that's there, there's your argument for gun control right fucking <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah if you have a knife and you pull it out in a room full of people you might not even kill everyone yeah exactly. if you have an ar-15 you don't even have to like aim it oh, and you geez. can kill everyone you want to well perhaps we start off by putting uh, a lack of gun or gun control or access to guns up on the board? We'll just throw no that one out access. There. Well, I mean, we're talking about the assassination of Lincoln. No, let's put but access maybe... to guns before John Wilkes Booth. Well, Booth had the gun, <laughs> right? So guns, the guns Yeah, But he only gets one. He, he then shoots Lincoln and pulls a dagger. That's because right. Because you can only fire one bullet. You can only kill the president. You can't turn and take put four in Mary Todd as well. Right, right. Well, right. then I, I would say let's put guns on the board because if he had had a knife, Lincoln might have survived. Yes, so, guns. Because yeah. he would have stabbed I, I him see... in the head and it would have went through the, his tall hat and he would have <laughs> think he got him and pulled the knife out and he's like, got him. And then Lincoln's like, nice try. <laughs> <laughs> but there was a bunny in, under the hat. Yeah, they all think, yeah, the, the blood is coming out. And yeah. He's like, I got him. It's like, wait, this is rabbit blood. I was going exactly. to do a trick later. <laughs> so let's put John Wil- Wilkes Booth up on the board again. Now, according to The Atlantic, Booth was a Southern white supremacist who detested the notion of freedom and citizenship for black people. Lincoln was for Booth a scheming, power-hungry politician. Lincoln, Lincoln Booth declared, was made the tool of the North to crush out or to... Tr- to crush out slave, try to crush out slavery. He was a sectional candidate intent on overturning the blind republic and making himself king. For Booth, Lincoln and other anti-slavery politicians were duplicitous and treacherous. The man's appearance, Booth wrote, his pedigree, his low coarse jokes and anecdotes, yikes, <laughs> low blow, uh, his vulgar smiles, his frivolity are a disgrace to the seat that he holds. What really infuriated Booth was his conviction that America was now destined to be ruled by a dictator, Lincoln, who would bring about a horrible racial reverse. <laughs> it's funny that John Wilkes Booth being an actor is like the third worst thing about him. Normally it's like, <laughs> like, oh, he's an actor. I fucking hate him. It's like he's also a white supremacist. You're like, oh, really? I guess I'll go. S- I guess I like the fact that he's an actor now. <laughs> like, <laughs> you don't usually find those kind of people in the arts these days. No. Yeah. No, no. Yeah, I no. guess uh, unless it's stand up. <laughs> God. Unless you've been canceled and now have to go to the fucking red state comedy tour around the south to sell tickets. No. Okay, so we got to put uh, coming soon for yours truly. <laughs> as soon as this airs, we'll put out the the list of uh, dates and uh, locations. So Booth is up in arms about Lincoln having not only you know led. Uh, uh, the Civil War and the Emancipation Proclamation, but also having won a second term. Should we put on the board just right under John Wilkes Booth? I don't know if I'm jumping the gun, but just throw up white supremacy has to, should probably. Yes, yeah, so let's there. just put that. Just, we don't even have to talk about it. Xenophobia it's like too. Just yeah. like yeah, it's, it's like weird an obvious one. How reading through John Wilkes' b- beliefs are poignant 200 plus Absolutely. years later. Absolutely. Like, yeah. It's exactly the same. It's like, but if this happened, and and 
guess what? This is like 150 years ago, and what Wilkes Booth was worried about still hasn't happened. Now, we haven't even gotten to equal yet, dude. And he's like worried that it's going to flip and there's going to be white slaves or whatever. You bring up a, a really good point in how like poignant it is right now. We had our listener choice. This is one of our listeners who wrote in and wanted to put something up on the board, and this is at Teresa.Rose.K. And Teresa says, people not accepting a presidential election results. And in a way, there's there's so much to this. It's not just about uh, the election that Booth can't get passed. It was also about the fact that they didn't think the war was over or better yet, they couldn't admit to themselves that the war was over because technically there were still like 100,000 soldiers armed and ready for battle. I mean, it had happened just a, a few days earlier. We see the same exact attitude right now. Exactly. Trump loses and then all these quote unquote digital soldiers who think there are still liberal pedophiles uh, drinking the blood of children, whatever. So they, they can't accept it. It's like, guys, guys, w- Yes, us, uh, the liberals, the left, we all dragged our ass about Russian interference when Trump won. We were not excited about, but we did do them for four years. We didn't fucking storm the Capitol. So we wore pink hats and said, like, please, for the love of God, treat us as equals. And these guys get (laughs) to go. Listen to women, please listen to women. Yeah. And these guys go in there with flag with flagpoles and say blue lives matter and use it to beat the head in of a fucking cop. And we're supposed to be like, oh, yeah, we're all. Yeah, we all have issues with the government, huh? Huh? It's so weird how we're always butting heads about these causes. We think we should all be equal, and you guys think you should just be in charge. So this actually brings <laughs> up another listener suggestion. This was from Sonia Smith, who said that we should put the U.S. government up on the board for allowing slavery to become a legal institution and for creating the idea in Boots' mind that he was entitled to slaves in, uh, in the South. Uh, for allowing South. slavery to become an institution, for yeah. writing slavery into the, into uh, the building of this fucking yeah, country. Exactly. <laughs> right. So, for it being an integral part of the development of this country is fucking yeah. <laughs> disgusting. Now, I also want to put, I don't know, let's talk about Booth being an actor. Perhaps mm. the family pressure I love talking of about acting. the craft of acting, so I'm, I'm into this. Booth was, was a, a very uh, famous actor. He was a he came from a family of actors. His father was an actor and his brother was was an even more famous uh, actor. And there was a lot of pressure in the family to, I don't know, like stay in the limelight, I guess. He is. I'm picturing the Sheens. I don't know who you guys. (laughs) Kind of. The Baldwins. I I, I got the Baldwins. And Booth Booth is Alec. He's like, answer the phone, you little piggy. I'm picturing the Arquettes. <laughs> okay. So, um, you know, he, he's a big Shakespearean actor, and Edwin is also a big Shakespearean actor. It's possible that his attempt to, and his desire to be in the limelight, really pushed him to, I, I don't know, what what is it? It's like that idea that you can just go out there and like... I think we see it now that a lot of actors believe themselves to be like... that they are bigger than life in a way like you see it now where it's like well allow me an actor to step in here because I played a soldier in a movie once so I think I understand respecting the flag and it's like all this like actor imagine hanging out with John Wilkes Booth and he's going off about his family of actors and how he's a high and you're like dude can you talk about anything else and he's like sure so white people are the superior race and you're like oh you fuck come on that's the two things I, I guess talk about acting I guess I'd this is the one dude where I'd be like can you go back to talking about how good of an actor you are if you were hanging out with him should we put actors getting into politics Oh, yeah. Great idea. It's going to be controversial because, you know, you can't tell actors not to talk about politics. That's true. And also they help. They do help in in some ways. Let's put it up there. I think that's fair because getting involved in politics, like, you know, canvassing is one thing. Shooting the president is another way of getting involved (laughs) with politics in a way. It's like, (laughs) I like that we're calling John Wilkes Booth shooting the president is under the category of actors getting involved in politics. (laughs) It's like Jay Johnstone. 
and here's another thing. Like, he really had a chip on his shoulder, because supposedly, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll discuss, but he had a chip on his shoulder because he wasn't able to join the Confederacy Army. He didn't, like, actually fight. And oh. so I think, like, there was a lot of shame that he felt. And I, I believe the reason he didn't fight was because his mom asked him not to. <laughs> Oh, because she had uh, other other kids no she had she had uh, um i guess she had lost a lot of children i don't know oh. and and she was like please i, I can't that, bear to lose another child a mother's course, love but... i know we got in trouble for putting a mother's love up on some episode i forgot what it was but maybe a mother's love in this it's case. possible uh, because then it, you know uh, clearly he's overcompensating yeah he's feeling a lot True. of shame like i'm not brené brown but i can tell you this guy is spire in is in a shame spiral so, so, so maybe there's like uh, un, um, unresolved shame issues. Mm, sure. Okay. So we got it. This kind of goes into that, which is that he was in his own way involved in the war. He had been tapped to help, you know, uh, work a, a conspiracy, not a conspiracy, but like a kidnapping. Mm. So he, there were two failed kidnappings that that took place before he killed Lincoln. And the whole idea is that they wanted to kidnap Lincoln because they wanted to use him as collateral, as a bargaining tool, so that they could get Confederate uh, prisoners of war out. So they Imagine wanted to bargain it out. Imagine kidnapping Lincoln, who's like six foot six and like a very skilled wrestler. Yes. That would be so fucking awesome. Now I really want to see this movie of they got like, <laughs> kidnap Lincoln and Lincoln's like, I've got a very certain set of skills played by Liam Neeson <laughs> with a top well, hat. <laughs> John, you bring up such a good point. And that's exactly what Booth thought. He was like, I'm, I, he's a really big guy. I need other people to help me. Everyone he knows is an actor. This is where the Confederacy, I guess, Secret Service apparently gets involved, where Booth gets s- called to go to Montreal, which is the headquarters of the Confederacy Secret Service. And there, he spends about like something like 10 days there, and there he is given the names of people who can help him Mm. carry out these kidnappings. So that's how he meets a lot of these later co-conspirators. And the first plan... uh, according to This is according to Mental Floss. David Donnell writes in his uh, book, Lincoln, the first plan was to attack Lincoln in his box at Ford's Theater on January 18th, then tie him up, lower him down from the balcony to make a quick getaway. And they didn't get a chance to test this uh, plan because Lincoln changed his plans at the last minute, opting to stay home instead of going to the, th- to the theater on a stormy night. By Lincoln's second inauguration in March, Booth was able to get increasingly closer to the target. In fact, he and his would-be accomplices were able to attend the inauguration as personal guests of Senator John Parker Hale's daughter, Lucy, who also happened to be Booth's girlfriend at the time. During the day's events, Booth got close enough to lunge at Lincoln and had to be restrained by police though he explained that he had just simply stumbled. In mid-March, Booth met with six men to discuss the second kidnapping, which was to occur while the president would be attending a performance of the play Still Waters Run Deep at a Hospital. Again, the men were thwarted when Lincoln decided to stay in town. Okay, this this is playing out in my head like a fucking Buster Keaton movie. Like, he, he's lunging at Lincoln. He's got plans like drawings where he's going to lower him out a window. Yeah, and it, I just think it's so funny that they all involve theaters because like that's where he feels most comfortable well even even in the uh, description of the assassination it's like and because booth was a performer at the theater he was able to and it just made me feel like the king of a tiny kingdom i was at ucb new york the only place i could like walk into and people would go let him through and you know i what remember I, mean? like, I remember the doors <laughs> opened automatically when john when john was performing but it's like such an actor thing to be like well i have the run of the theater so maybe i should do the killing there since i could yeah, pretty yeah. much and i'm well aware of how to get from the tech booth to blah blah uh, no tech seriously booth. seriously the you way think he... that's what it's named for is for uh the tech booth <laughs> booth <laughs> <laughs> Um, 
but seriously, that is how he went unnoticed. So at the fourth year, the, the actual day of the assassination, when he was able to go through with one of his plans, he went in through the building unnoticed because he would get his mail delivered there. So it was common for him to just go to the theater all the time. <laughs> and so the stagehands really knew him. And the night of, they they he like knocked on the back door. The stagehand opens the door. And, and even Booth is like, hey, man, can you hold this uh, horse for me? I just got to get something in there. <laughs> go do something in there real quick. Bonnie. He comes into the theater and the performance is going on. He's like, no worries. He goes through a trap door under the stage <gasps> and crosses. You know, he knows the way how to get up to up to the box. So it is oh a good my move. God. Well, he successfully assassinated the president. So, uh, right. So he planned he, this out actually pretty well. He, he just didn't nail the finale. As an actor, you know, it's like, dude, you killed yeah. the president. He's like, but that six Semper Tyrannus, what was that? I fucking riffed that at the end. I, my leg was broken. I just said some shit. I feel so... D- Dude, you killed the president. Be happy. That's what you wanted to do. And it's like, but I could have... No, you know, I feel... I Look, I feel good about it. I feel... He woke I, up I, the I next morning. The, yeah, like, the next yeah. morning, he woke up with like major verguenza. He was like, oh man, what did I do? I look like such an asshole. I wonder if there were other ideas, like versions, like that he would have said besides that phrase. Like if he went ran through some stuff, you know. Yeah, he I was mean? pissed like, that he didn't get in the night before to rehearse the balcony leap <laughs> into the line. Oh. Now, oh, perhaps we also need to put Lincoln's love of theater up on the board. Oh, I mean, wow. I don't know about Lincoln's true love of the theater because in the story, Lincoln shows up to the show late. That's a dick move as the president. It <laughs> it's going to be a little bit of an attention grab if you, like, excuse me, just a giant guy creeping through your lawn. <laughs> like, excuse me, sorry, come, sorry, I'm late. Just a huge six foot six guy with He's a massive. four foot hat yeah. on top of his head. Sorry, he, excuse me. I know you said, Rebecca, that Lincoln was on sort of a high. He was, his wife said he, she's never seen him so cheery and bubbly. And he was warned not to go to such a public place. So maybe we should put like celebrate or like some sort of like joyous attitude that made him feel like invincible, like he wanted to celebrate, but that's what led to his assassination. I know what you mean, Amanda. It's like, perhaps it is, it's like losing yourself to joy and maybe it's like suspension of disbelief, like allowing yourself to have a, lose yourself in a story. Well, just one of those guys who he had, a wonderful success in uh, uh, winning the Civil War, getting reelected, but then was just like, too high off that like just enjoying that too much to like all right now let's go to a fucking you know it's like i'm indestructible now it's like no don't get in the car you know well you're right and he didn't have a secret service i I got it i got one guys cloud nine is still just a bunch of gas Okay. Oh, okay. shit, dude. Oh, shit. <laughs> Amanda. Okay. Amanda. Okay. It's a little okay. kind of wordy, but... <laughs> I'll, all right, let me tighten it up here. Let me tighten it up here. And here's the other thing. This is also a time where presidents didn't have secret service with them all the time. The- Amanda, oh, in the God. fog of cloud nine. <laughs> okay, the okay. fog of cloud nine. Yes! I like that. The Secret Service uh, followed or or accompanied Lincoln and Mary to the theater and then went to go get a drink. The guy, the Secret Service guy, was at the bar drinking uh, during the assassination. There are some people who you know blame the the doctor dr charles leal now oh. we might let's just put him up on the board he was a, a the young doctor he's like 23 years old like Oop. six weeks ago just like passed his test and he happens to be at the theater and he's the first one to get to lincoln that night and you know he essentially goes in there and sticks his finger this is graphic i'm sorry but he sticks his finger inside the wound and he actually loosens a a blood clot or something which saves lincoln in a way but then he pushes he lodges the bullet further further in i know you're you're saying it's funny it's like he's fresh out of medical school but medical (laughs) school was like don't put this bug on a wound put this bug on a wound (laughs) right right so he literally went in there with his bare hand which would have really increased the the risk of infection you know I, that always comes up whenever we talk about this time period people are like and they're all in the uh, they're all at the play and i'm like it must smell like ass in that <laughs> yeah. like in yes. every like well that's why they invented candles <laughs> yeah right. should we just put up on the board scented the, candles the hygiene hygiene yeah. hygiene sure <laughs> um i also want to talk about uh the joke 
So uh, Booth waits for a particularly funny line. What he says is a funny line uh, in the play that always killed. It was the line that always mm. killed. I would love to know what it is. And this is what it was. <laughs> Don't know the manners of good society, eh? Well, I guess I know enough to turn you inside out, old gal. You sock dull, you sock de la goozing old man trap. Sock, sock de la goozing. See, if only you were performing that line, it wouldn't have Lincoln was laugh, Lincoln would survived. still be alive. Really? He'd I be really 200 years that. old. Uh, uh, pronunciation. Okay, hold on. Google will help it me. Sound, I'll tell you what. It sounds like a misogynistic joke, and that makes sense that it crushed in the 19th century. It it's like, listen up, you inside-out burlap sack of a fucking lady. <laughs> Um, yes, so I'll say that again. You sockdologizing old man trap. That's what uh, it, <laughs> 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 So what do we put here. on the board? Um, jokes that kill Land. or... or jokes that la- Yeah, yeah, landing the joke. So I think it's time that we start knocking things off the list. But first, we're going to take a break. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. All right. Who is to blame for the assassination of Lincoln? Guns. John Wilkes Booth. White supremacy. People not accepting presidential election results. The U.S. government. Actors getting into politics. Mommy issues slash a mother's love. <laughs> Unresolved Do my favorite shit. pornos. <laughs> <laughs> Unresolved shame. My third favorite. <laughs> Failed kidnappings. Lincoln's love of theater. The fog of cloud nine. I don't understand this one. took me about five minutes to think of that uh suspension of disbelief secret service dr charles leal lack of uh, lack of hygiene or landing the joke Mm. okay i think off the bat we can probably start off by taking dr charles leal off the list he tried (laughs) he tried and he's doing his best. I also think we can take a, a, a mother's love off the list. I mean, it's kind of patriarchal of us to blame Wilkes's mom for him <laughs> killing Lincoln. It's kind of maybe we could be slightly more woke about that and not blame his mom. Yes, yes. Who was like, I told him not to fight. <laughs> now he's fucking shooting presidents. Uh, okay, great. So she's point. off the hook. <laughs> I also think that we can take off landing the joke. I mean, I think whether it would have been a good funny part or a non-funny part, we would have eventually noticed. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I would like to take off uh, unresolved shame because we all have that shit and we're we're not killing people because of it. That's right. It's also sort of justifying why he did what he did. You know, and like humanizing in a way that is, I know we do that a lot on this show just because we're trying to get to the very bottom of who's to blame. But for this one, it's just like more to me, white supremacy than unresolved (laughs) shame. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) for sure. (laughs) What else here? The fog of cloud nine. I mean, we've all been there, right? (laughs) 
And, Again, and honestly, I do not understand that. I know you have a timer <laughs> set, so we don't have the nine minutes required to explain it. So maybe we can. <laughs> but let you know whatever it means. I think I understand. Yeah. Uh, Is Lincoln's whatever love of theater victim victim blaming? <laughs> it is, yeah. but you know. <laughs> But, but let this, uh, you know, be a lesson, like never put your guard down, you know, don't yeah. don't experience joy or cloud nine or let yourself relax and unwind. So <laughs> what about actors getting into politics? I feel like we can take that out. I feel like being an actor is so integral to John Wilkes Booth's personality that it's hard to untie it from his motivation. But it is that. I feel like actors getting into politics could be like chunked into John Wilkes Booth. Yes, himself. I feel like yeah. it could be yeah. folded in. Like his dramatic flair could really. Yeah. It, it didn't. Well, that's help the other thing. The it's situation. like chasing notoriety, chasing being famous, mm. uh, thinking that you have the right move to please the crowd or the society. Like yeah. that's all. That's all super ego. cocky that's actor ego. ego shit. Yes, it's exactly. Actor ego and narcissism too, which a yeah. lot of actors are. Which is, ab- uh, and I will justify that it is absolutely required to be an actor because after the thousandth person tells you no, you're not good enough, your brain has to go, yes, you are. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, a, like a psycho. Is, is inherently narcissistic to be like, yeah. All right, I've been trying to be an actor for 15 years. A lot of people say in power say I shouldn't be, and it's like, <laughs> nope, I'm good enough. I'm still so I it, and it, but. There's the dual, the duality of narcissism, Amanda. Like you're right, it's a double-edged sword. It's narcissistic. He needs it for survival to deal with an audience not liking him for the night. But then he also uses it to be like, my beliefs about society right. are so strong because yeah. I'm so smart. And not- that's the other thing. Just a lot of actors just believe themselves to be mega uh, smart and just let that be like, well, now you should listen to me because I've had hour-long conversations on set where people have to agree with what I say because of my yeah. status. Yeah. yeah. I'm like one of yeah. like only two or three people that they put a microphone on. Like I, I'm, <laughs> right. the only, I'm apparently the only one who Which people want to hear. Sadly, and I will say this, some of the best actors that I know are not the smartest people. And I think that that helps you yes. in a way yeah. because you don't have a lot of thoughts going through your brain. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, easier you're, to yeah. not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're better off. It's easier to become the character if you're not in your own head. Totally. Thinking. Yeah, true. <laughs> so do but, we want, are we okay with wrapping all of that into John Wilkes Booth or did we want to add something like the actor's ego? Mm, I, I think, think we should make it separate, I actually. Th- I, I think um, what John said uh, earlier was, was uh, sort of sort of sticking with me, which is that the fact that he's an actor is like the third worst thing about him. Like, yeah. I think the fact that he's an actor sort of fades to really what's going on here is the white supremacy. Yes, element, where he's yeah. just like he's so scared about the country changing and about yeah losing his his own and honestly power. his ego. But that's but that's his ego it. that yeah. But again, that's his ego that's being assailed. There is that he's going to become low status, not the high status yeah. actor. But. I I, th- I think it's all under JWB himself at this yeah. point. Like, and yeah. that being said, I also think if he were a lone actor, we could blame it more on his ego. But this was a part of a larger conspiracy. True, so if it he wasn't was like John, recruited. Yeah. yeah. So it, you know, I I do think we never put his co-conspirators on the board. Rebecca, is that something we <laughs> we overlook? Right. We should definitely over put, put the, the other people who were yeah, yeah, involved yeah, yeah. in the assassination yeah. attempt or not attempt the the, the actual assassination. Um, OK, so I'll put I'll put their I'll grab their names and we'll have them on the board because it was it wasn't just John Wilkes Booth as a lone wolf. Right. No, and I think under him. the co-conspirators like that, that goes into the uh, Confederacy Secret Service. Right. We, we can just put all of those together yeah that's a huge one. yeah How did we, i mean that that's sort of like the confederacy Secret well it's Service. up there it's yeah, up yeah. there but i i would call them co-conspirators oh, oh, as well sorry right right yeah so oh, we're not we're not blaming the union secret service uh for trump's uh, trump's assassination lincoln's assassination they're the same guy to me really <laughs> <laughs> um real quick so mary surrett was that john wilkes booth's girlfriend no, she was the oh. mother of another uh, conspirator. Maybe Chris can oh. double check that. But yeah. there was another guy, John Surratt or something, who I believe was his 
mom. And what she did, that was that was the boarding house they were all going to meet at after the, the wow. assassination yeah. attempts. Okay, and so she- I'm going to wrap these co-conspirators into what I'm now calling the Confederacy Secret Service. Yes. So I feel like the, the not accepting of the presidential results is important. It's like a... The fact that they couldn't get past the, that the the idea that the the war was over, they lost, and they were like it was like a last hurrah to try and you know get their final say or like they I I, I do think that they really thought that this would change things, this would change the outcome. Yeah, I I think I appreciate at Teresa Rose K and Sonia Smith for helping us tie it to modern times, tie it to making it a current event uh, episode in a way. But I don't know if that's fully the blame for... Because right. again, people not accepting presidential ac- election results is a lot of people, but the real problem here is uh, JWB not accepting them. Yeah. Yeah, and also slavery. <laughs> Which <laughs> is not on the board, but... Is not on the we'll board. Leave it for well, now. we tried to put it on the board, but Chris kept saying it's really not that bad of a thing. <laughs> That's right. But we, oh, did we edit that part we out? We edited okay, that yeah. part yeah. out, yeah. yeah. So if you could not mention that again, it would be awesome. <laughs> I'm going to um, go ahead and take lack of hygiene off. Oh, yeah. I can't believe that's lasted that long. And by okay, the way, I'm- just to circle back, Mary Surratt, yes, she owned the boarding house. You got that correct. And her son was John Surratt. John Surratt. He was Sir, part okay. of the conspirators. But he got off because he sort of escaped quickly, went up to Canada and then oh. eventually got to Egypt. Mm. Oh, yeah. shit. By the time they tried him, it was uh, past the statute of limitations. Wow. And, and Mary Surratt was the first uh, woman executed by American, right. the American government, which is wild, too. Wow. She also, like, didn't... Re- Equality. Mean- <laughs> Finally. <laughs> <laughs> We're killing women also. <laughs> Thank you, government. <laughs> um, so what about guns? We've got guns, John Wilkes Booth, white supremacy, failed kidnappings. Suspension of disbelief and Confederacy Secret Service. Now, the if if he had I, succeeded in a kidnapping, perhaps Lincoln would still be alive. Yeah, or if he egregiously failed one of those kidnappings, he might have something happened to him, and, right. and Lincoln could still be alive. But I do think, like looking at the list here, the top three are all oddly tied together, and maybe the big. You know, the big alarms or whatever the context was you said. The big alarms, yeah. The big alarms. Because, like, failed kidnappings is sort of like the warm-up, and it kind of is entitled, uh, wrapped into all the other three things as well. Yeah. In a way, John Wilkes Booth, they were sort of his dress rehearsals. <laughs> right. That's Shit. right. Shit. He's getting into yeah. character. Stumble through. He's yeah. getting into character. It's uh, almost like if, if the Civil War hadn't ended, then they would have still wanted him uh, alive, Lincoln alive, and so they would have tried harder to kidnap him. But since the war was over, it was almost like. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's like he was he he ended up assassinating Lincoln instead. Because what were the Confederates going to do with the so with the kidnapped fa- fa- fatalism? Sort of like he d- he didn't believe in the cause anymore. His sort of d- dying the sort of it was cause, a dying sort of- cause. Mm, yeah, I mean, I think the big three are John Wilkes Booth, white supremacy and Confederacy secret service. Yeah. Let's, let's focus on those. We can take off Confederacy. I'm sorry. Suspension of disbelief. We could take off guns too, because and guns. Yeah. Gun. He had a knife on him. He could have stabbed Lincoln in the throat. Uh, he only did get one shot off. I think what were actually guns helped people like the fact that guns sucked back then technology gun technology was so weak actually probably helped a ton of people from not getting fucking iced along with the president so what are we going to do here because this is rough we got to give the big slap to something and anything but we could really send all three of these to the alarmist jail i don't know I, i feel like my inkling is to send John Wilkes Booth. I know this is very unlike me to actually send the person who did the the, the tragedy uh, to the alarmist jail. But I do think we should send John Wilkes Booth to the alarmist jail and give white supremacy the big slap on this one. Yeah, kind of like the uh, it sort of reads like clue. John Wilkes Booth did it with a gun because of white supremacy. Like, that's like the three. (laughs) In the theater. Yeah, yeah. In the (laughs) Because of his actor ego. (laughs) But yeah, I'm with you on, you know, putting uh, supremacy or, you know, it's a flip for me. 
I mean, mm. if we're looking at, I'm overthinking it because it would be like we should put white supremacy in jail and slap Booth because one's a bigger fish to fry right now. Well, but yeah. that is definitely overthinking this game. So <laughs> yeah, it's really hard to overthink this one. Yeah. As much as we try. <laughs> But I, I um, would I, I would take Confederacy Secret Service off of it as well, and, and I think we got the the because they are behind it. But if if we're not going to get like if Booth's getting the big slap, then that Confederacy Secret Service doesn't deserve. Uh, yeah, and, and also without Booth, like he was their their little pawn, I guess. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So we solved it. I'm calling it white supremacy. You're getting the big slap. John Wilkes Booth, you're going to the alarmist jail. We did it. We did it. And uh, John, we just, we couldn't have done this without you. Thank you. I couldn't have done this without you guys. And that's more of a true statement because you guys have (laughs) multiple episodes of this podcast that I'm not on. Seems like it's doing fine. So I couldn't have done this without you. You know what? We all couldn't have done this without Amanda. We all need each other. (laughs) I'm I'm pretty sure I could have done this solo. After the assassination, according to The Atlantic, John Wilkes Booth succeeded in creating a martyr whose memory would transform the nation, only not the one he intended. The poet Walt Whitman considered the assassination of Lincoln the greatest boon to America, since it unified a nation whose deep divisions had created unimaginable bloodshed and suffering. In recent years, The political side to Lincoln's character and his racial views in particular have come under close scrutiny. Scholars continue to find him a rich subject for research. Vote for who you think is to blame by going to thealarmistpodcast.com. Follow us at alarmist the on twitter at the alarmist podcast on instagram or email us at the alarmist podcast at gmail.com tune in next week you asked for it and we're covering it we're talking about the ship that got stuck on the suez canal A new year is full of surprises, but one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So when postage goes up, your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com is like your own personal post office, wherever you are. You can even take care of orders on the go with the mobile app. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Schedule package pickups, automatically find the cheapest and fastest shipping options, and seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. There's even a supply store where you can stock up on mailing supplies, labels, even printers. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. All you need is a computer or phone and printer. Take a chunk out of your mailing and shipping costs this year with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code PROGRAM.